Well, first up, though, it was a crime that shook Toronto in 2015. In September of that year, three kids, their grandfather and their grandfather, were killed by a drunk driver. The driver, Marco Muzzo, ran a stop sign while speeding, T-boning the minivan carrying six people. Two others were hurt. A toxicologist found that Muzzo was about three times over the legal limit for alcohol consumption while he was behind the wheel. Nine-year-old Daniel Neville Lake, his five-year-old brother Harrison, their two-year-old sister Millie, and 65-year-old Gary Neville were killed. The children's grandmother and great-grandmother were also badly hurt. Here is their mom, Jennifer Neville Lake, speaking to Global News in 2018. Those first few seconds, I'm like, okay, I must have the kids downstairs. And then I realize, oh, hang on a sec, this isn't, this isn't what it should be. And then the tears start. And then it's just absolutely awful. I don't want people to go away with the idea that impaired driving is even remotely okay. That, oh, well, look what happened to her. and She's fine. She's here. No, it's not like that. It's a lot of people who are doing their best to literally keep me here. That is the words of Jennifer Neville Lake speaking to Global News in 2018. Well, on Monday, Global News reported that Edward Lake, the father of the three children, who died, was found dead that day after Father's Day, that he had taken his own life. Now, Marco Muzzo pleaded guilty in 2016 to four counts of impaired driving causing death and two of impaired driving causing bodily harm. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison, but he was released on parole a few years back. Well, joining me now for more on this from Toronto is criminal defense lawyer Ari Goldkind. Uh, He's also done a monologue on this this week that's very touching. I suggest you listen to it. Uh, Thanks so much for your time tonight. Ben, that's actually really nice of you to say. I didn't know that you had heard it, but this is a story. And, you know, I've been doing what I've been doing for 20 years. And this is a story that, uh, since I read about it yesterday, has affected me. And I can tell you, very little affects me. I'm not sure people will take that in a good way, but very little does. I can do murders. I can do homicides. I can do uh, all sorts of very, very difficult cases where I see images and things that are so gross and so off-putting that your average listener would spit up their coffee. But this one has affected me probably more. So it's very nice of you to say you've listened to that monologue because I just had to do something last night. Yeah. What, what, what is it about this case, and perhaps listeners who don't remember all the facts of it, but what was it about the facts of this case, and certainly this latest tragic turn, that touched you so? You know, it's really interesting because if I said to you, and I'll touch upon this since you listened to what I said last night, you know, what does the name Bernardo represent in Canada? He's a, a metaphor, a replacement, a synonym for the term notorious serial killer. I don't know how far the name Marco Muzzo reaches out west, but he is the poster child. And I'm not suggesting he's evil. I'm not suggesting he got up that morning thinking he was going to do harm the way so many of the people right now who are shooting up all the cities and, uh, you know, committing heinous crimes that uh, politicians seem to be willing to let them get away with. That's not Marco Muzzo, but that's not the point of why it affected me. This is... And again, full disclosure, because we'll make this a bit personal. I don't have children. Uh, There are probably a lot of parents listening to you right now, Ben, who take for granted that their babies, depending on the time zone you're in in Canada right now, are in their room sleeping, or maybe watching TV, or even worse, on their iPad. Maybe they're outside playing. And these people who are listening to us right now, Ben, take it for granted that their kids will be there tomorrow. 
And in the blink of an eye, the son of a billionaire seven years ago got off a private jet from a bachelor party in Las Vegas. Again, the son of a billionaire who could have afforded a helicopter to get back to his house, an Uber, a limousine, three Hummers, uh, two Teslas, you can fill in the blank, but decided to get into his souped-up Grand Cherokee. And as you mentioned, driving three times over the legal limit, plowed into a family, wiped the three babies off the face of the earth, wiped the grandfather off the face of the earth, and badly, badly hurt two other people in the car. And Edward Lake and Jennifer Neville Lake, who you just played another one of her heart-shattering quotes, and I can tell you I covered the Muzzo trial in my uh, media job for television from the day it started till the day it ended. Jennifer Neville Lake and Edward Lake were left to be at home together without their babies. Now, again, Ben, mindful of time, and not meaning for this to be a monologue, think through all the couples you know, that you, Ben O'Hearn, know, who have their children, they don't get along that well, they're on the precipice of separation or divorce, maybe they have good days or bad, but the marriage is there, the relationship is there, the kids are in the other room. Now imagine you have to spend the rest of your life together knowing that your babies have been wiped off the face of the earth by a man who was paroled after a third of his sentence, a little longer because he screwed up and gave stupid answers at his parole hearing. He was probably out for dinner on Monday night at a very nice, expensive restaurant while Edward Lake's body was being discovered after killing himself on Father's Day or just after. And now you have Jennifer Neville Lake, who was made alone by Marco Muzzo. And in my view, Marco Muzzo, in many ways, Ben, And again, we don't have time to get into the philosophy of it. He took another life Sunday night. Now, he didn't intend to do it. I'm not saying he's evil. But another life was taken on Sunday night. And as Canadians, where I think we've lost the thread on what it means to be a victim, what it means to be a survivor, what it means to go through trauma and PTSD, where those words are spread on things like ketchup. I appreciate some people may be offended by that. I don't care. This is a family that for seven years, their family was taken from them. They had to live in a house that can only be described, I am sure, as quite horrible and empty without their babies. And now comes Sunday night, Ben. Rather than killing Marco Muzzo or going after the person who did it, which is really a credit and a testament to Edward Lake that he didn't take his violence outward. He didn't take it out to the streets, out for justice, out for vengeance out for an eye for an eye. He put himself in a position where very sadly and tragically, he wanted to go see his three children where they're perhaps living right now, if you believe in that sort of thing. And I think then, in a day and age where we've lost the thread of so much of what it means to be Canadian and so much of what it means to care about each other, this scourge of impaired driving and dangerous driving and this insanity that continues, that is not going down, that is not getting better. The fact that Edward Lake did this, to answer your question, and I'm sorry I've gone on, you know I'm usually on your show and I do 90 seconds or 60 second answers. This is one that I have trouble making sense of and I've had to make sense of a lot of things in my life. 
No, I was I listened to the monologue and I know how much it touched you and I thought it was important to talk about it. I mean, there there are some criminal issues here that we could talk about. I know that when he was sentenced, it was one of the harshest sentences possible for a first time offender. Ten years. In this case, he was, in fact, a first time offender. But it feels like something fell apart here. And I guess what we're left with is just how devastating uh, these tragedies are for the families long after we've, you know, many of us have moved on and started talking about other things. You know, it's very true, and I don't know when you want to get to break, but one of the things from the criminal standpoint here that really bothers me, and maybe I'm the only one, I appreciate I'm a criminal defense lawyer, and a lot of things I say don't please a lot of people, but again, I really couldn't care less, is that Marco Muzzo has become the person associated with this. Edward Lake is gone because of Marco Muzzo. But Marco Muzzo did that day what thousands of Canadians do on a weekly or monthly basis. The only difference, Ben, is that the people not named Marco Muzzo, the people named Joe Smith, Jane Smith, and Moose Jaw, and Vancouver, Montreal, Halifax, Fredericton, the only difference between them and Marco Muzzo driving two and a half to three times over the legal limit, and by the way, urinating in their pants, they're so drunk, is that they make it home. They get to a ride spot check, and then they pay a $1,200 fine, or they hit a mailbox, or they smash their own fender, but almost every drunk driver who hits another car, Ben, and I'm telling you, it's almost insane if you look this up. They're the ones who walk out unscathed, without so much as a scratch or a broken bone when they plow into other human beings. And this problem isn't getting better. And my view of the criminal justice system, which on many occasions I very openly call a criminal injustice system, until we stop only punishing people who do this frequent, regular, often dime a dozen crime until we stop punishing only the ones that hit somebody else or kill them or smash into them or leave them in a wheelchair. In my view, and again, I know there's a devil's advocate to this. People can disagree. I don't care. Until the criminal justice system deals with the person who gets caught, who's lucky enough to not hit anybody, that $1,200 fine, then even though, it raises a whole, does deterrence work? Will it change anything? Maybe it doesn't. On the weekends that Marco Muzzo was in court, Ben, you'd find it fascinating that impaired driving went up in York region just outside of Toronto, that. not down. You'd think it would have a chilling effect. Ari, but until hold that thought. We stop hold that thought. We'll come, take this seriously, we'll come right it's back. It's a problem. Yeah. We'll come right back. Ari Goldkind speaking to us tonight from Toronto. Uh, we'll be back. Speaking this half hour with criminal defense lawyer Ari Goldkind from Toronto, we've been talking about uh, the death by suicide of the father of three children who were killed in a horrific drunk driving incident um, in Toronto back in 2015, uh, and the fact that uh, just the lingering effects of those incredible heart-wrenching tragedies on the families afterwards. Ari, before we, we went to break, you were talking just about how we need to to take drunk driving seriously, I mean, I was I was shocked to see that there's still on average about 10 federal criminal charges and provincial short-term license suspensions an hour in this country for alcohol and drug-impaired driving. Given all that we know, it feels like we've plateaued in terms of just how much we can educate people to stop this. And Ben, you're exactly right. And, you know, I'm sorry for running long into the break, but this, you know, I, I do media hits and talk about every case on the planet every day, and it doesn't affect me for a second. I do it with my eyes closed, but there's just something about the fact that I keep picturing what Edward Lake did, and he's going to die in vain. 
that's what also hurts me a little bit, Ben. And I don't know these people. I don't want anybody out there to think I know them. I've met them. I, I know no more about them than your listeners who have followed the story. I mean, I followed the trial and everything, but this just affects me. There's just something about it in a world, as I said, that I think is becoming increasingly stupid, increasingly cruel, increasingly using words to twist words into things they don't mean anymore. I gave examples earlier. Here we have a man that will now be six feet under. And as you mentioned, and you make the point very elegantly, this isn't making any difference. It's not stopping anybody in a country where there's very few excuses to not have an Uber, a cab, if you can afford to. I mean, I've heard people say, well, I live in a small town, so I can't afford a cab. Okay, that to me, that answer is probably worth two years in jail just for being stupid. And what I was saying before the break is that the way our system works, and I don't think a lot of Canadians know this because most Canadians would never dream of doing this, is we have to stop just throwing the book at the people who do it. As you and I were in break, Ben, there's an officer who killed, there's a man who killed an officer in your province, in Victoria, B.C., that got five years for mowing an officer down. Now, that's fine and dandy, but what happens if you don't mow somebody down? There's only one jurisdiction that I'm aware of in Ontario that says, we don't care that you're a first-time offender. We don't care that this is the first time you've been in trouble. You know, not every criminal, Ben, has to be somebody with a rap sheet as long as your leg. There really is no more excuse for this, but it continues. It persists. And as I said, what bothers me is that all of the pain and trauma real trauma, not the way it's used on Twitter, which I call anti-social media, that this family, the Neville Lakes, have been through, Ben, it is so tragic. I don't think it will change anything. And as I said in my monologue, to me, you know, this is, we have a prime minister who would go to the opening of a door if he thought it would get him votes. My feeling is, is that he and Doug Ford, the premier of Ontario, should be at Jennifer Neville Lakes' door tomorrow morning saying, what can we as the leaders of our province and our country, respectively. What can we do to help you? Whatever you need, whatever support, this is such a Canadian story. And I think it's one that's extremely tragic. And I'll end this because I know we have to go. Edward Lake could have turned all his vengeance outward and become violent or gone after Mutso, the person who did this to him and his family. But instead, he took it all into himself for seven years and there but for the grace of you-know-who go each and every one of us listening tonight, and I can't imagine a more tragic, sad story, and I just feel it very deeply, and I don't know that I can elegantly explain why better than that. Eric Goldkind, I think you've explained it perfectly. Thank you so much for that. I guess listeners may be surprised to know that Marco Muzzo will likely drive again. He has 12 years, a 12-year ban, but he will likely be back behind a wheel one day. Uh, Eric Goldkind, thank you so much for your time tonight. Great to be with you, Ben.